The following is a 5 for 2 production. Welcome to episode P. It's a packed episode of Ticket Studs tonight. There's a there, Kevin. I'm going to avoid it. <laughs> How's it going, Todd? Good, buddy. We're rocking. Just getting through uh, the uh, Trump slash China slash coronavirus <laughs> as best we can. That's right. That's right. Uh, we are all the way up to episode 16. Can't believe it, dude. I I know. Can you you believe that I've uh, managed to drag you through uh, this much? I can't believe I've lived this long. Uh, (laughs) After they took away my baby pool, I thought that was going to be it for sure. But uh, but that's all right. That's just wrong, man. That's just wrong that they took away your pool. But you can find out about that on uh, an episode of What the Hell Was That, I'm sure. Right, exactly. Well, hey, we are talking about the peas. That goes along with pool. I've seen drowning (laughs) pool before, so therefore, (laughs) that goes along with our theme tonight. Now, I know, I know, I know, look, my number one on the list is going to take you about half an hour to talk about. My number one is Pearl Jam. (laughs) Oh, okay, yeah. So we're going to move that over to segment two. Off to the side for right now. Right. And we do have a special guest that's going to join us for for Pearl Jam as well. So it's going to be another. uh, She she could probably also talk about Tom Petty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's seen seen that. Uh, She could talk about uh, Willie Phoenix. Oh uh, yes, yes she can. She can talk about Dolly Parton, but we don't want to move everything to uh, to uh, to segment two. But let's let's, let's just face facts. Uh, Heather's going to be in half the show, so you know. <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right now, I, I we know your number one, which was my my number one was Pearl Jam, which is again mm-hmm. is a big one there for you. Right. I'm going to move on to a quick one here. Okay. Peter, Paul, and Mary. Peter, Paul, and Mary. Okay, yeah, because my first one on my list is going to. I'll probably run with that for a few minutes. Now that kind of goes along with your Dolly Parton kind of thing because now they're not they're not necessarily the same genre, but at the same time span of you know it's not rock and roll, folks. But goddamn it, you have to give credit where credit is due. And Peter Paul and Mary definitely deserve some credit. When did you uh, see them? You know, so uh, I mean, like I remember as a kid listening to uh, you know uh, Puff the Magic Dragon. And then my parents also had a live Peter, Paul, and Mary record, which I discovered as an early child. And it had like a 15-minute like comedy segment, which I think personally, I think that turned me on to the trend of comedy. So that I, I think I can give Peter, Paul, and Mary a little bit of, little bit of props for getting me into the from the music to the spoken word to the stand-up comedy so a lot of those old folk uh, concert, folk and country concerts um you know they would put on a whole it wouldn't just be a music show it would be like a whole variety show they'd have a comedy element and little skittish type stuff when they would talk between songs and stuff so it's kind of a cool era you know for music so 
All right. Beautiful you kids music. wouldn't have missed. You know, we may be old, but we saw all the good bands. Mm -hmm. when, did right, you, uh, when did you see them? I think you missed me ask you that. Were you younger or? 1995 Jazz Fest, my okay. first Jazz Fest. Right on. Right and on. they performed with Pete Seeger, even though that's an S, and we'll get to that later. So, I mean, Pete Seeger with Peter, Paul, and Mary, dude, that, that's, that's, a, that's a folk artist. Uh, right. That's like, that's like when you saw Chuck Berry and Little Richard in the same yeah. day. You know, yeah, that, that's, that was a pretty good day right there. Right on. Right uh, right. Have you ever seen Fish? Yes, I have. Um, I've seen them twice uh, with our good friend Will. Um, the second time was really the more memorable one. I'm, I'm not a big fish fan. I went for the experience, you know, the, the parking lot scene and everything. But the second time I saw them at Deer Creek, uh, or whatever they were calling it at the time, this huge thunderstorm rolled in during the first set and actually forced them to evacuate the show. It's the first show I was ever at in my life that they actually evacuated the audience. They said, everybody go to your cars, sit for one Don't hour. up. Right. We'll be back in 20 minutes. Relax. They said, Just give us an Go get a grilled cheese sandwich and a burrito. You'll be okay. <laughs> but uh, so we actually didn't even go all the way to the parking lot. We stood under like an awning by the men's room, let it rain out. And so when, this, when it did come time for them to let everybody back in, and they did, and the second set started, they literally just said, all right, all you people out there on the lawn, you, you can just, because it was still raining, like, you can just come on down here. And so they just filled, you know, the aisles, and it, it was pretty cool. You know, kind of turned it into a bit of a general admission uh, pavilion show. So, so it's a bit of a Woodstock experience kind of thing, you know, almost. Uh, exactly. Now the not break the fences down or anything, but still. <laughs> uh, now, our, we, we, now we, we mentioned this earlier, Willie Phoenix. Yes, uh, the Columbus legend. Do you have the uh, Willie Phoenix tribute uh, 45 that Colin and the boys did recently? I don't think. I, I, I may, you know, darn it. I, you know, I, I've, lo I've lost my Watershed Twister cassette. I can't even find that anymore. I, oh, you know, gosh. yeah, yeah, I'm shocked, dude. I, I mean, like, I mean, I'm going through stuff and I, I can't find that, you know, I, I feel like Ozzy. Sharon! <laughs> <laughs> I hate that whenever I'm trying to find props for this show and it always figures I don't think of something until about five minutes before we go on the air and now, you know, I can't find this shit, so. So, yeah, so Willie Phoenix, I, I want to I want to go out and give that, give that P a prop because, you know, look, without Willie Phoenix, there'd be no watershed. That's a true statement. That is absolutely true. And obviously, we're going to get to Watershed down in the W's and talk more about them. But for people who aren't local to Columbus um, and might not know or didn't know Willie during his brief you know, time in the spotlight, why don't you uh, tell people who Willie is? Well, all right. So, all right. Uh, imagine a dude who, you know, kind of looks like Hendrix, plays with the same style, uh, dreadlocks for a good bit of his career, but uh, but just a little a little black dude who plays like a badass. Mm -hmm. And in Columbus, Ohio, that's a rare thing, folks. That that was that, that was you know he was kind of a freak in the seventies. <laughs> and uh, you know and then uh, you know Willie wrote like a badass. He he could he could have had he could have had a record deal easy if he just was willing to kiss the ass of the executives. And, and write and play the kind of songs they wanted to play. And that wasn't him. Yep. And yep. that wasn't him. And God bless Willie Phoenix because he has always stuck to his guns. Mm -hmm. He has always been a man of integrity. He has always been a man of the people. And he has always played the music that comes from his heart. That's and right. That is, why, that is why we love Willie Phoenix. That's why Columbus loves Willie Phoenix. That's why Watershed was first produced by Willie Phoenix. 
so and that's yeah. why the whole world should love Willie Phoenix. Go look up Willie Phoenix. This is the modern era of the internet. You can yeah. go, fuck you, this. Look up can, Willie Phoenix. You can Come go on, right as soon as we're done with this uh, show. You, know. you can type in Willie Phoenix right there in the little search dial and come up with some great rock and roll. Todd, uh, just uh, by coincidence, the very first day I moved into Ohio State, not really the first day, but that weekend, they had a uh, like a little festival right there by the by uh, what was the old Cannon Hall uh, near the uh, towers, and Willie Phoenix was the headliner. So I literally was introduced to "Welcome to Columbus, motherfucker." Here's Willie Phoenix, you know. So and I I also uh, was for, um, privileged enough to play a show with Willie once. Uh, really? Yeah, October fourth, uh, two thousand thirteen, I believe would be the date. And uh, we played a downtown festival. With, with wow! Him. Yeah, so uh, Willie just knows me as the as the dork who follows watershed <laughs> around. I, that's he didn't even know my name. I'm pretty sure, but that, that's all right. That's okay, Willie. I love you. God bless you. We do. Uh, now look, we got we got some big names in the piece here, Kevin. And we got to watch the timer. We we're already at eight. Right, minutes. we're at eight minutes. I know, but I thought we should give Willie his due. Um, Absolutely. Now, all right, so here are my big P's. Okay. We can, we can circle back around. Okay. We got to talk about Tom Petty. Yep, absolutely. Got to talk about Pink Floyd. Yes, we do. I got a great Pink Floyd story for the 88. Uh, got to talk about the police because we mm-hmm. just call them all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, poison. About poison. Yep, yep. I know I know Poison may not be a big rock and roll <laughs> band to all y'all out there, but again, I got some good poison stories. They they do our intro music every week. Thank you, Mama. Please let me go to the show. I've always thought and, that and, was and, and Brett and Ricky, please don't sue us for using <laughs> your music. Or please do sue us. That could probably be the best thing to happen to us, you know. I don't know. Do you think we get any money out of them at this point? <laughs> I mean, they won't get any money out of us. So all they can do is That's bring what I'm sure. all they can do is bring attention to our, our brand. All right, but, so uh, all right, so who do you want to start with? You pick one and we'll just tell our stories. Let's let's go with Tom Petty. I, that, that's the big one. Okay. And God bless him. Uh, you know, dude, when Tom Petty died, that was a real kick to that's the, the nuts. It really, it truly was. Totally. Uh, and the world really hasn't been the same since. I always see the I always see the T-shirts that say, you know, since Prince died, shit's fucked up. Really, since Tom Petty died, shit's fucked up. <laughs> I, you you could go back and back and back, but I mean, still, I mean, yes, I, I understand the sentiment. Mm-hmm. And, and, and but again though uh now did you see him on the last tour i did not see him the last time i saw him was the show that we discussed two episodes ago with stevie nicks so it was a long time uh you know you know since my last petty show but i i've seen him a lot uh as a matter of fact you and i camped out for a show and had uh second and third row tickets for the ohio center and what was well great- they, they they ended up being second row yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and what was great about that show of was uh, they had pushed the first two rows of seats together to block the aisle. So literally, my seat was, bam, right in front of Tom. Well, but, I tell you, uh, that was probably the best Tom Petty show I've ever seen. Now, first of all, we had George Satellite's opening. Yes, we didn't ever get around to that. You had alluded to it on our G episode about another Georgia Satellite show that we saw together, and then we kind of just – you know, Gabby, Gabby, Gabby. Didn't that, 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 that had to be mentioned. Uh, I mean, look, look, folks, I love Tom Petty, but, you know, look, of the five times that I saw Petty, 
he wasted a lot of his set list on Pepper Tunes. All right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was nice to see him with a, with a decent opening band for a change. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, he was promoting Full Moon Fever at the time. That was actually my first Petty show. Did you see him earlier than that? That was my first Petty right show. On. Yeah. Right on, right on. And uh, uh, my, second, my second was at the uh, Hollywood Bowl okay. on the Wildflowers tour. Nice. Uh, and, and, and again, that was just more about seeing Tom Petty at the Hollywood Bowl. I right. mean, that's, the, you know, the that, venue. Was just, that, that was more about the venue. And yeah, plus I was with my girlfriend and, and my, uh, my uh, massage therapist, buddy Jennifer, which was an interesting <laughs> evening. That's another story altogether. Okay, yeah, but, we'll save that one for what the hell was that. Yeah. Um, uh, one of Heather and I's first dates was a Tom Petty concert at the shot. Um, was he, that? Uh, that wouldn't, okay. Now, we, we had uh, Jackson. Petty all together, though, one summer. Yes, was we. we trained. That was the one with Trey Open, and Stevie Nicks was with him. But Heather and I actually saw him much earlier than that. Like, literally, the first year we were together, I think it was our second concert we went to together, and um, it was a shot, and Jackson Brown opened. So I, I think I mentioned it in the B episode. That's the only Jackson time. Brown and Tom Petty? Jackson Brown and Tom Petty. Jackson Brown, opened, Jackson Brown opened with the loadout. You know it's going to be a freaking great night when he sits down and, you know, <laughs> and starts with that. So, yeah, good, good night. That was a good double bill. For sure. Fuck was I? Where was I that <laughs> night? What year was this? I, I have to, well, it was shortly after Heather and I got together, so it have been around 2000, 99, 2000, so. Yeah, I don't know where I was. I was probably, I was back in Pennsylvania. Mm. I was st- stepped back with my family. Uh, so that was a good one. And then we obviously already talked about the Stevie Nicks show, so. Stevie Nicks was, all right, we're, we're, we're going to get that, well, we already talked about that because we talked about Stevie Nicks, but yeah, that, that was probably one of the one of the best Tom Petty shows other than the first one we saw with, with Georgia Satellites. Mm-hmm. Was seeing him with, with uh, Stevie Nicks and doing Insider. Insider is one of my favorite Tom Petty songs of all time, hands down. Uh, you know, and uh, you were talking about Tom Petty doing a lot of covers. It was funny at that show specifically. I remember he did at least three songs that my cover band at the time played. And I remember like texting my guitar player, like, Tom Petty's playing our set. <laughs> I think it was like, baby. And again, you know, I, I got no problem with the band playing covers, but when you have so many great songs to play, don't dick around. Uh, you know, stop, you know. Speaking of a band that has a great lineup but always wants to play covers, the last couple times I've seen Heart, they've actually always included You Wreck Me, Baby by Tom Petty. I'm not sure what their attachment to that song is, but they, they do uh, enjoy him some Tom, obviously. But uh, Anyway, right. here's the Tom. So big, Re- big P for you. What, do you. what do you got? What do you got for us? Um, well, uh, why don't we uh, talk about uh, Police, uh, since we both saw that show together. Uh, it was the uh, reunion yeah, I saw uh, that. tour. Yeah, exactly. I actually had gone on vacation and didn't think I was going to make it to the show. I don't know if you remember this. Wait, I was with you. What are you yeah. talking about? Okay, well, I, di- I didn't remember if you bought tickets with me or got your, you got your we own. We were the truckers, right? Yes. Wasn't that a trucker's yes, weekend? Yes, it was. It was a trucker weekend. Thank you. See, sometimes we have to jar each other's memories on the exact details. But, uh, yeah, we got back. Day of show, it's like, I looked up at Ticketmaster. It's like, there's still tickets. Let's go, you know, so. That was awesome. I just remember man. you, me, and Heather standing in the corner across from Nationwide going, well, let's give it a shot. <laughs> and so, all right, so now you tell your version, I'll tell mine. Well, um, you go ahead and tell if you've got a story about it, because for me, I mean, it was just, holy shit, you know, we were seeing the police. I mean, we were right, you know, beside the stage. So, you know, we had like, 
We were looking down. Yeah, perfect view of like Stuart Copeland, and then you know just. Dude, I remember Stu. I remember Stu coming out on stage like before, like you know before they started. The lights were still up, and I yelled out, "Stu!" And he looked up. (laughs) That's a great area. I always try to like snag those seats, no matter what concerts I go to, no matter what show I go to at Nationwide. During the opening act, Heather and I will always sit and watch that section right there by the stage, and it's like. Okay, there's it's still half empty. Those sick those seats didn't sell, you know. We're going down, you know, and climbing in. And it usually nine times out of ten works out. So all right, so now tell me, all right, so now if you tell me if you remember this or not. So all right, so we're we're in those seats, we're hanging out. I you know, I smoke a lot, folks. Uh, you know, I, I've been you thrown don't out of I've been thrown out of many of shows for smoking inside. And you know, sometimes I want to make sure that doesn't happen. So, you know, I will go outside and follow the rules and be a good boy <laughs> and go out and have my cigarette. And in this particular instance, it worked out in my favor because I went out and had a cigarette and met a nice young lady. And I told her my story. I said, yeah, I'm with this buddy and his girlfriend. And we're just kind of stuck up in the rafters. And she's like, hey, you want to come out of the sixth row? Why not? <laughs> so she snuck my ass down to the sixth row with her and her boyfriend, who was not too happy about it. But I sat down there. I mean, I, I got to see like uh, so lonely. I got to see some. I did. I mean, I was there for my. That tour was just awesome. I'm boyfriend. Hey, you know, like, hey, I appreciate it. I'm uh, I'm going back to see my friends. But hey, you guys have a great night. Thank you. So you know. Now, did you see the Dead show at Buckeye Lake? Was it 93 when Sting opened? Yes, I did. Okay. Yep, yep. Now, speaking of peas, though, there was supposed to be a Dead show at Buckeye Lake that Tom Petty opened, Mm. according to Grateful Dead lore. Now, I don't think that ever happened. But, again, that's something we can look up and discuss on the X episode or something like that. So. Right, right. So, but, yeah. uh, so, so God bless Tom Petty. That's right. Uh, miss you. Mm. you there's, there's no one else like you. Great loss. I mean, tremendous loss. I don't think, you know, people even – that's kind of a don't know what you got till it's gone, I think, with a lot of people. Yeah. You know? Tom Petty yeah. was one of those guys you just kind of took for granted, man. So you want to move into Pink Floyd? Tell our Floyd stories? I've been getting drunk all day. I've been getting drunk all day just so we can talk about Pink Floyd. Uh, okay, now I'll go, ahead, I'll go ahead and show my backstage pass from '94 right now. Right um, now, you showed the '88 poster last week. Now, in 1988, um, I'll let you tell you. I'll, I'll tell mine first, and you can tell your version because I know we didn't see the show together um, because of how I saw the show. You were working it. Yeah, well, um, that's part of the story. Back then, I kind of was burnt out on Floyd, and I was also kind of in the no Roger, no Floyd camp. So I, per- I was, had said I'm not going to that show. You're was- probably the dick that talked me into selling my tickets. <laughs> I don't think so, but it, I was, it, you know, everyone was so hyped about that, and the whole wristband and every it was like the first time that I remember wristbands for a show and just. All the hype surrounding it was just, you know, kind of ridiculous. But then one day, I looked in the lantern, and it said, Ushers needed for the upcoming Pink Floyd show. I was like, okay. So I go over to the high union. I sign up, and they gave me a number. Now, I had re- in the ad, it had said 200 ushers needed. 
they gave me a number of 88. And I thought when I left, I was like, I bet I'm the 88th person that signed up. Sure enough, I got the call, got the gig, show up day of. Um, they line up all the ushers, probably, you know, a couple hundred of us. And they take us all out to a concourse of the uh, stadium. And the head guy or whatever, you know, the crew boss said, all right, now I need to split this crowd, you know, split all of you in half. And I need half of you to come with me. So, boom, when he said that, I just, you know, I was there by myself. No friends or anything were doing this with me. So, I just, I ran up to him. So, we march out into the main concourse of the stadium down to, like, level A. And then he says, all right, I need another half of you to come with me and half of you to go with this person. Boom, I went with him again. We march down onto the field. We're kind of in the back. Then, again, he says, all right, splitting you in half again. Every time he would make a cut. I made sure I was the first one to go with him. Sure enough, he walked, it wound up, there was down like three of us, and he walked the three of us up to the three main aisles, and I was the usher in the very front. Right. So many people got by me that night. I wasn't standing there with my back to the show checking tickets. I was standing with my back to the crowd watching the show. But what was really Where's great about Roger? Where's yeah. Roger? Oh man, the, the heat, the heat when dogs of war and they shot up those flames. I just remember that being like the hottest thing I'd ever felt at a concert at a time. But what was really cool about it, Todd, is all of the staff, we all got to watch Soundcheck. We literally got to sit down in two rows and watch Soundcheck. Freaking got to see Pink Floyd play Cashmere by Led Zeppelin. So Okay. Well, I, you taught me on that one, pal. You taught <laughs> so, me on that one. So what is your 88 story? Here's here's my version of that exact same day. Okay. Since I was not working, I called my cousin Dennis. And Dennis came up from Athens, Ohio. And uh, now I bought tickets when they went on sale. I got the bracelet. I was all excited. I was a freshman at Ohio State. And then somewhere like, I don't know, around Christmas or January. Now, Kevin, you've known me for 40 years. You know that my moods can go up and my <laughs> moods can go down. Way down. Yep, yep. And I was in a very down mood right after Christmas my freshman year. Mm. So I sold those Pink Floyd tickets. Mm. Yeah, I didn't talk you into it, man. I'm not taking I said, that. I said, ah, you know what? I'm not, I don't need it. I'm not going. I don't <laughs> care. Screw it. Sold them. Don't even know what I spent the money on. Then, about six months later, right before the show is coming up, I'm like, God damn it. Why did I sell those <laughs> So, and you know, and I will give credit to one person and one person only for this. I mean, it may, it may, it may have been more than one, but Tom Tone, the general manager at the time for QFM ninety six, and maybe Munch had something to do with it. Maybe, 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 uh, maybe, maybe Joe Mama Robinson said something to him. But Tom Tone set me up with a pair of tickets the night of the show. That's a so, guys were smiling. Night of the show comes around. Dennis comes into town. There's a there's a new beer product on the streets. It was a, a Coors Gold, something like that. I drank about a case of this shit during the day and passed out about 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, the show started at like, you know, the show opened, the doors opened at 7, you know. So... 
thankfully, I, I did not miss the show. Didn't miss the show. I got there. I was drunk, real, real drunk. Kevin, you know, my, my cousin woke me up. We took me to the stadium. We were on South Campus. I mean, that's a, that, South Campus is a far walk to the stadium. If you're, if you're on 11th Avenue and you got to walk all the way, that's a long walk when you're drunk. <laughs> and so I get there, and our seats are about 14 rows up, you know, A section. And I realize I'm sitting right next to Tom Tone, his wife, and the entire QFM staff. Great. Great. I, I did not make a good impression, I'm sure. Uh, I tried taking some pictures of the show that night, none of which came out ever. They were all just black, bad, just you know, blur, blurs. <laughs> However, when I got my pictures back from that show, there was about 14 shots that were crystal clear. All about the same. Shot of me in my dorm room, passed out drunk, mouth wide open, beer in hand. Dennis put a sign on me that said, I love Pink Floyd, blow me. And took about 14 pictures. Hey, you got off lucky. We could do a whole Sam Kennison bit here. Now, again, <laughs> folks, if you actually want to see this picture, buy the book. Buy the book. So, uh, yeah, so that, 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 was, that was Pink Floyd number one. Pink Floyd number two, when they came back, that's how I got the backstage pass. All right. Now, Steve were you? Jeff Therian and my girlfriend at the time, Beth, God bless her. I, uh, uh, I was working at Ticketmaster time. I sat in the Ticketmaster show. We were we were just walking. We were partying. We were walking down the street. We were going down to that little uh, dinky bar across from Tommy's Pizza on Lane Avenue. Right. And uh, and some lady pulls up and goes, "Where's where's the stadium?" Well, bitch, it's right there. <laughs> and you know, and and she was so thankful. She handed us three of these backstage passes three tickets and said thank you so much and thank no thank you so much oh all right so we took the passes they were worthless but i mean you know but we got inside and the tickets are the so we want if you've been to the ohio stadium it's a horseshoe folks it looks like a horseshoe we started at the back end the stage is at the front end we just walked up the middle and just kept going until we got to about the front fucking section, man. It was amazing. You were amazing. dealing with the ushers that were like me in the 88 show. They didn't care about checking yeah. your ticket. They were <laughs> wanting to watch Pink Floyd. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. So, I mean, now, now, I don't know about you, but, I mean, like, I've been a Pink Floyd fan probably since, I don't know, 10th grade, 15, 16. Yeah, years. me too. I uh, used to go see uh, The Wall on Midnight Movies in my hometown. Basically, about the time I started smoking marijuana. That's <laughs> uh, essentially, that's how that worked out. I think it goes together with, like, that's one of the reasons I got burnt out on Floyd, uh, pun unintended, uh, freshman year. There were these stoners, annoying stoners on my, uh, on, on my just floor. listening to they, nothing but nothing but Floyd. It was just like, come on, dude. I, I didn't care if I ever heard another. I've come full circle. I love Floyd, but uh, uh, I feel the same way about Zeppelin now after working at QFN '96. So. I'm going to be honest. The best Floyd show I ever saw was Roger Waters when he performed The Wall. <laughs> so that not surprising. Nice that was enough. that was Floyd for me. Now, Todd, uh, I'm going to go back to Dolly Parton. Uh, you never saw Dolly, have you? No. 
Okay, well, I have two Dolly shows. Uh, no real big story, so that's why I'll just throw them out here. But one of them is one of those that doesn't count. I saw her as a very young child at the State Fair. The, you have what, a ticket stub? I don't have the ticket stub because uh, it's the State Fair. I don't even know if you got ticket stubs back then. Right. The old grandstand. I just remember I went with my oldest sister and her husband, and her husband was obsessed with Dolly Parton's breasts. So I just <laughs> – I always remember that. And then a couple years ago, she came on the Pure and Simple Tour, and uh, my sister and I, Mindy, who joined us for our Leonard Skinner episode, uh, we got tickets together and went, and that show was awesome, Todd. Uh, I mean, she played like 30 songs, two sets, uh, very small band. Uh, she made, you know, the little comedy bits like you talked about. I remember she had a really funny joke because uh, she didn't have a drummer to band. It was the Pure and Simple tour, so it was more like a little bluegrass band. Right. She, she did do a few songs that had drums, so she literally picked up the little drum machine that she had, and she said, okay, well, we're just going to use this for a couple songs. She's like, my drummer, when he to when I told him, you know, he wanted when I told him we were going to do this tour, he's asking for a little too much money. So. <laughs> So, you know, I said, honey, you know, we only need you for two songs, you know, <laughs> so, but uh, Dolly They're was not that important. Dolly, Dolly was awesome. I mean, I, I got to say, she's, you know, she's knows how to put on a show. We know that. So. Poison or Pantera, you want to go to next? Well, you do Pantera. I got Poison Stories. Plus, okay. we well, we'll do Pantera and then we'll take a break. Uh, then we'll do Poison and then get to Pearl Jam. So, um, for you now, you mentioned just in casual, you know, in passing last week at the end. You don't think you've seen Pantera? I no. You're, you're well, unless unless I saw him at an odd fest that I you know wasn't paying attention. Right. Speaking of an odd fest, I got a cool. Uh, this is from the '97, the riot year that we talked about in episode two. There's cool the Pantera. Yeah, section. I, I wasn't there that year. I don't think. Yeah, that you know we so. Pantera was talked about early on in our show. We talked about him on episode two with the Ozfest riot. Phil Anselmo had to kind of take the brunt of that <laughs> as the guy on stage with the mic, uh, you know, told everybody Ozzy wasn't going to be there. But um, I just had a couple Pantera stories I wanted to touch on. Um, the first time I ever saw them uh, was in uh, April 11th, in 91 at the Al Rosa Villa. I don't have a stub for it, but what I recall about this is it was like uh, a week after my 22nd birthday. Oh, right on, right on. Now, the opening act that night, Todd, was uh, our our friend that we've mentioned in the Kicks episode, Brad Divins and Rathchild America. So uh, it was a it was a fun show. But what I I'm surprised I wasn't there. Again, uh, you probably were. I was probably still trying to talk you into these heavy shows at the time. You know, uh, if I didn't get a ticket for free, you probably had no interest. <laughs> <laughs> but uh anyway so at the time uh if you remember the first Pantera album phil had like the mohawk with the big long devil eye well he had he was disguised walking through the through the audience during the Rathchild uh set and he had his hood pulled up and you know with a hoodie and just kind of walk well me and our old friend doug sex and we recognized him immediately we're like hey phil what's going on he's like hey you guys gonna do some moshing and some slam dancing you know during our set sure you know so during the Pantera set, towards the end, Phil said, all right, we want everybody. He goes, who's got the good green bud? Who's going to smoke it with me? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, like, sure? I'm like Arnold Horshack in the back. Oh, oh, Mr. Pa Mr. Anselmo, pick me. Oh, oh. 
So he also says, all right, for this next song, we want, this is like the last song. He's like, we want everybody on stage, you know, so. And I want you to pack the all up. Exactly. Well, half the crowd jumps on stage. I pack one up and I give it to Phil, you know. He, he takes a puff and then he grabs me and sets me down on the drum riser and says, stay there. He comes out, sings his song, you know, comes time for like a dime bag guitar solo. He comes back over, sits down with me, <laughs> like, by stuff again. Show's over. They're filing everybody you know, that didn't stage dive off the stage. Phil grabs me again. He's like, hey, you're going to bring some of that to the bus, aren't you? I'm like, oh, of course. So that's my memory. Now, Phil did not actually participate on the bus. Him and Brad Divins were busy with some I'm going to be honest with some fat chicks in the back. <laughs> they, they seem, they seem to have some kind of little fun double thing going on with three real hefty women. <laughs> so whatever, whatever floats your boat. Right. But I got to sit, Rosie, baby. I got to sit in the front lounge uh, with Dimebag Daryl and Shannon Larkin uh, from Wrathchild, who is now the drummer for uh, Godsmack. So that was pretty cool. First Pantera experience. Hell yeah. Um, here is Psalm Once with Megadeth at Vets. That's there. Vets and more. Oh, God bless you. Saw them headline Harina. There, that was a freaking slamming show. Um, when I moved to Phoenix, Todd, Pantera played a place called Compton Terrace. I've talked about it in a few episodes. Um, and it was shortly, it was about like three days after Phil and Selma OD'd. I don't know if you remember this in the 90s, but he... Like, first time or the, the... The first big time. Yeah, the first time that was like public, but it was a pretty big deal. But it was also coincided at the time that uh, the Metallica Load album had been released. So Phil's on stage with Pad Chair and he's like, uh, all right, I guess I got to gotta talk about this. And he's like... Uh, yeah, I did. Well, that, the, you're getting ahead of my story here, but he said, all right, I... I know something really, you know, something really big happened this week and, you know, we got to talk about it. And well, I, I just got to say, I fucking hate that new Metallica album, man. <laughs> that was his way of completely glossing over the story. <laughs> so, and then the last thing I want to mention, I'm not going to tell a story about it, but uh, it'd be remiss if I missed it. Um, we obviously know when Pantera split up, uh, uh, Dimebag and Vinny had a new band called Damage Plan, and we've talked about this before in the D's. I did get to see them one summer here on a smokeout. Uh, great summer smokeout, the Blit from the Blitz 99.7 with well, Clutch. Of course, my, now, my buddy Tommy also, that you know, was a big uh, Damage Plan fan as well. As a matter of fact, came out to Columbus from PA uh, to see them one time when me he and Graham Went to another show all together. So. I'm, I'm sure that was, I'm positive that would have been the summer show, the summer smokeout, because guess who was opening on that show? Clutch. So, yeah. yeah, I'm sure Tommy was there. But here it is from December 4th, 2004, December 8th, 2004. Wow. Yeah, a ministry were playing here that night, Todd, and it was $28 and it sold out of the Newport. Damage plan, we're playing at the Al Rosa for $8. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to the Al Rosa to see two fucking former Pantera members for eight bucks. Yeah, and we know. I, I remember you calling me after the show. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we know what happened. Folks, um, it sucks. One of the worst nights of my life. But if you, anybody really wants to hear the story, I always recommend this book. I'm going to give this guy a plug and then we're going to move on. It's a vulgar display of power, courage, and carnage at the Al Rosa Villas by a guy named Chris A. It's a great book. 
go go check it out. It'll give you the real story better than I can. I have to read that myself, it. actually. Yeah, it, it'll tell you the story better than I can do it and bring everybody down here. But let's just say, God bless Dimebag Daryl. It's really weird for me that I came full circle in that way from my first Pantera show sitting on the bus to actually, you know, watching the guys' demise live. Last so, moment. Yeah, so anyway, you want to take a break now? Let's take a beer break on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm ready for another beer anyhow, and, uh, and we'll be back uh, with the rest of the peas on Ticket Stuff. All right, stick around, folks. Holy shit, we're on the air. <laughs> and welcome back to Ticket Stuffs. Woo! Episode P, we got a special guest here tonight, Kevin. Aw, who you got? Got my, got my, uh, my significant other here, my uh, best friend. Uh, better right half. Here, my better half, yes. yes. <laughs> person who keeps me sane. Person and the, who one, and the one who watches the wallet. <laughs> But obviously, we are here to talk about one of our favorite bands. All right, so bring it on. All right, Pearl Jam. Um, now, you've only seen Pearl Jam just the one time? One time. That's all, all right. I needed. Okay, all right. We'll, uh, we'll tell that in a second because that was my second show. Now, my, right. my first Pearl Jam concert was... Nice. Okay, so that was the one that was headlined by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Ministry... Uh, Ice Cube was there that day, Soundgarden, uh, it was my first time in a foreign country, if Canada counts, <laughs> um, but uh, road tripped up there to Molson Park Amphitheater, and Pearl Jam were the second band on that day, and that, if you were that date, yeah. they were just really starting to take off. Well, Eddie did the whole thing where he climbed up the rafters all the way to the top, went all the way across the stage, did the monkey arm swung down, you know, to show how strong he was swinging down the other side, got about 30 feet above the crowd and just dropped. I was like, holy shit, we just saw this guy kill himself. I mean, he disappeared into the crowd, you know, for like 10 minutes. Roadies came out, they fished him out, he got back on, all while the band never stopped playing. Come to find out years later, now 30 years in, when you watch documentaries and stuff about Pearl Jam, he was doing this shit at every show. So, you see, I mean, now here, no offense, uh, this is what Chris Cornell should have done at Rock on the Range. He should have waited to kill himself at that big show, jumped off the top and just... <laughs> boo, boo, boo. We were supposed to see that show. Heather actually has the uh, T-shirt uh, that actually says right, Soundgarden. So, anyway... So Todd has to make everything inappropriate, but uh, that brings me to our second show, my second show, which was your first show, Todd. Now, um, we'll mention this in the R's, but we actually was, was rushed the night before or the night after. I know. Dude, we, all I know is I saw four shows in a row, like two Grateful Dead shows up in Cleveland. Then we saw Pearl Jam and then Rush. And dude, I, I was a mess by the end of the week. That's all I know. I'll have to check the dates on the tickets, but I just remember going to Cleveland two nights in a row, one night for Pearl Jam and one night for Rush. But the Pearl Jam show, I was so jealous of you because you had floor seats general admission yeah, and i had i was stuck in the seats and uh, and i also had to go to the concert with my boss <laughs> well first of all dude i should have brought you instead of beth my girlfriend at the time 
because you know, uh, first of all, uh, the bitch passed out about halfway through. <laughs> I mean, you know, she had a fainting spell. I mean, we're in the middle of the floor, you know, asses to elbows, you know, and all of a sudden she's like, I don't feel good. <laughs> out, out like a light. Security has to come drag her ass out. You know, I gotta go, I gotta go follow her. You know, make sure she's okay. <laughs> Dude, if, if it could have been the first date, I would have left her ass on the ground. <laughs> you know, so, but, uh, you know, and, and not only that, but just the, I, thought, I found the fans were annoying. Then this was like the, the first big Pearl Jam tour, you know. Headline tour, yep. And, and, you know, after they hit on MTV and they got big and whatnot. And, uh, and dude, I just remember, like, these just annoying, you know, sorority chicks on top of their their big, meaty boyfriend's shoulders yelling, Eddie, Eddie, bitch, get down. I can't see. Uh, you know, I, look, I, I found it. I, I was not I was not pleased by the show at all. And plus, I don't know if you, you remember this or not, the opening band, one of the most annoying opening bands I've ever seen, Grant Lee Buffalo. Oh, I can't even remember that they had an. Oh opening. my Christ, they were horrible. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, oh my God. Well, so Todd, thirty. It just it left a bad jam <laughs> in my in my mouth after that show, buddy. I, well, so even we, as as I, a pearl, I know, I know you guys <laughs> love Pearl Jam. Like I love the Grateful Dead or love Jimmy Buffett, so I mean, I, I I'm not I'm not bagging on you whatsoever, <laughs> Todd. That's I'm what I was going to say. I was going to say, as Pearl Jam fans, I'm sure Heather can back me up on this. Thirty years later, their hardcore fans are still fucking annoying. <laughs> Trust me, I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> Look, dude, you know we're just, there, it, we're just there for the show, man. If half of them are like Bill from Connecticut, I'm never going to see another fucking show again. That's all I got to say. I love Bill, but God damn it. Uh, you know, Bill I, gave I, you a hearty endorsement for your books this week. So, uh, so uh, I, I don't want, I don't want to be an entire room full of them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and one, one is enough. Shout out to Bill from Connecticut. The only guy I know that sees every single drive-by truckers concert and every single Pearl Jam concert on the planet. Oh wait, don't, don't forget about Neil Young. And yeah, Neil Young as well. So anyway, this is going to bring me to our special guest. Um, I I went uh, I went for about twelve years without seeing Pearl Jam for some reason between ninety three and that's thirteen years actually two thousand six I didn't see them, um, but in two thousand six for some reason um, well I really liked the album they put out that year the Pearl Jam self titled great album and so I was back into Pearl Jam so I had tickets for three shows that tour. And I wanted to turn Heather on to Pearl Jam. So I got her tickets for one of the three shows. So I went to the Cleveland show the first night. The next night in Pittsburgh, uh, I I took Heather and I warned her going to the show. Heather, Heather, you'll back me up on this. Heather likes, she has wonderful taste in music, but she likes the songs that she knows. She likes the hits, the radio stuff, the stuff that she knows. Stuff she can sing along with. So I was warning her the whole time there. I'm like, no, honey, they You're might not, hear it. They might not play anything you you know. Just you know, they'll play a few songs, but they might, for whatever reason that night, Todd, the concert guys were smiling. It was show. the greatest hit set, man. Every single big hit. They were doing it for you, Heather. Yeah. They were doing it just for you. 
And what happened? I created a monster. <laughs> I became a total fan. I love them. <laughs> so now she's at uh, 14 shows, I believe, because uh, I'm up to 16. I have two more than her. Uh, we've been all over the country to see them. Uh, we based a whole road trip in 2018, uh, stand up, okay. on it. Uh, road trip. I, will, uh, I will put the link in the description for this show, but I did a whole blog for the road trip uh, for uh, Pencil Storm. For, uh, Colin, you owe me. I did a whole blog for you for Pearl Jam. You got to come on the show. We're still trying to get him on W. Uh, you know, it's, but, we're, uh, we're, so, we're working on it. Anyway, so it's really been, uh, I got to say, it's been a great 14 years with the love of my life, just, you know, driving all over the country. We were supposed to see them twice this year. <laughs> uh, so, but, but. COVID hit. Yeah. So, so we had Heather, let me ask you something. Kevin, uh, turn your head. Don't look away. Hey, Heather, would, would you rather go see Pearl Jam or Drive By Truckers? Pearl Jam. <laughs> really? Pearl Jam, all the way, yeah. Uh, even with all the politics and everything else and blah, blah, blah. Really? I would rather see Pearl Jam. It's a better show. It's a better show. It's a better environment. It's just a better feeling. And it's oh, on a boy. bigger level. And just so fight many words. people experiencing it. For me, I, 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 on an arena level, I got to agree with her. I I think I've told you this before, Todd. I put drive-by truckers have never gotten to an arena exactly. level. There's no I have a three level. I have a three level tiered for live bands. I have my club level band, which is the drive-by truckers club. It's you know larger club. I have my mid level venue band, which is Clutch, and then of course there is the arena level, which is Pearl Jam. Arena and stadium level. I mean, come on. Now, again, we have now discovered a new topic for the next series of episodes. So we can talk <laughs> about that another time. We do a whole, Heather and I, all right, coming soon, uh, the Pearl Jam uh, podcast, uh, where we'll uh, discuss all the shows we've been to. Yep. Now, we did get to go, uh, I always joke with... Um, my Cubs loving friends and I apologize to my Cleveland uh, Indians loving friends because that year, 2000, suckers. no, 2016, we went to Wrigley field, which is what's framed behind us, the pennant and the tickets for the first time Heather and I had ever been in that ballpark. And well, <laughs> the Cubs finally won the world series that year. So it, it was my fault or uh, you can thank me, whichever uh, side you fall uh, the bench you fall on there. Hey, hey, maybe it was because Buffett played there that year, too. You never know. You never know. We'll give you that. But, yeah, we've seen – I mean, we've got to see some really classic venues. Uh, we got to, you know, see Seattle. Uh, Heather, what know. was the first concert you remember going to with me and Kevin? Uh, Pressure's on. <laughs> Pressure's on. I don't remember probably the first concert I ever went to with you guys. Hmm. Do you? <laughs> I, I'm thinking it might have been Tom Petty. That's what I think. Tom Petty, we've discussed that earlier in the show, yeah. I, maybe. Yeah, Tom or Petty. Maybe Polaris. Rush. Maybe Rush. Uh, could have been I'm one not, of the Rush concerts. Yeah. I, I think it was Tom Petty. I think it was Tom Petty. Which show was the one that, that, that your your ex-boss was hitting on me that I, <laughs> I didn't want to touch? I don't, I don't remember that one. Yes, yes, oh, yes, yes, yes. That was Rush. That, that was, was Rush. rush. So okay, we, that was Rush. All right. Yeah. So, 
There we'll we save, go. We'll save that for we'll save that for the next episode. We'll save that. For, <laughs> right, Heather, right. you got to come back. You right, got to come right. back. See, that's that's how we suck you into this this podcast. We get you in on one letter and we're like, oh wait, you got to come back for this episode now. So uh, I'm okay with that. All right. So so Tom Petty. Now, do you? All right. Here's what I remember about Tom Petty is that we had or somebody scored a good ticket in the pavilion. Now you're you're still thinking of Rush. You are because that was with our old boss that she say and she was really our old boss's daughter, a good friend of mine. I think we did it for Petty too. Could have been, but she had seventh row for Rush, which again we're gonna get to in a couple episodes. There's your little teasers, folks. Ooh. But and yeah, we we did we all took turns using the good ticket. But I'm pretty I'm pretty like, sure I'm look, I'm pretty sure I've got a I've got two Tom Petty tickets for the same show in Polaris. <laughs> I, okay, I'll, okay. But quite possible. But um, another um, one Pearl Jam show that we should mention, her, Heather and I, we were both present in 2016 in um, Greenville when they performed the Versus album in its entirety. So, and completely unannounced. You know, they just came out, they played one song to start the show, and then they just started playing Versus. And it was really cool to watch everybody in the arena figure it out song by song. You know, some people had to figure it out after two. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. You know, <laughs> we had a friend. We had a friend in the arena with us, and he's you know like three songs in. I get a text from him. Holy shit! You know they're doing fucking verses. Um, but uh, yeah, so we've been you know it's been a it's been a good time. So yeah, you, all right. So I get now, to share with my very with my uh, you know with my special person. We all right now. You, you mentioned the fact that we saw Pearl Jam pretty much the same. Or night night before or night after we saw Rush. Yeah, I gotta check those dates. We'll know by the Rush episode here. Now, the night that we saw Rush, the opening band was Primus. Primus. One and only time. One and only time I've seen Primus. I'm not a big Primus fan. I respect him. Uh, I am, I'm not a huge Primus fan. Uh, that was my first time seeing them. I did see them again. Um, I, I saw them actually. It was either the right before or after that. I saw them headline Lollapalooza of '93, which uh, or Lollapalooza. They're a freaky band, man. I'm sorry. Uh, they, you know, they, they're weird music. It's not. It's not your general, you know, three chord rock and roll like I'm used to. Um, but I, again, I respect it for its uniqueness. I respect uh, his playing abilities as a bass player. Uh, you know. So uh, hey, I I can say I've seen I saw Primus I've seen him didn't necessarily dig it but I saw him but uh, yeah so this one here Todd I saw I saw him headline Lollapalooza in '93 I learned a very valuable lesson from um, Wes uh, Les Claypool that night people were f- taking flash pictures he said for all of you taking pictures he said turn your flash off he said number one you'll get the cool stuff on the screen behind us and number two. You're working with limited material if you're trying to get good pictures of us. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah. I also saw them, uh, Todd, on the final Slayer tour. And you would be surprised. You would think Primus might not work well with Slayer. But for some reason, those Slayer, I can see that. They fucking love Primus. And one of the cool moments of that show was um, 
That sounds like a really bad acid night. That sounds, that sounds like a night I'd have a really, really bad time on acid. Hey, now, on, in the same show, I can tie this back to an earlier P that we talked about because um, the opening act that night was Phil Anselmo doing Pantera, doing an all-Pantera set for the first time since uh, he split from the band. But what I was going to say about Primus Todd, on my birthday this year, I was supposed to go and see Primus doing play a rush, or, rush oh, oh, man. at the Express Live. The show um, has been rescheduled for next year, July. We'll see what happens. But uh, hey, look, at the, at the very least, you know that 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 Les isn't going anywhere anytime soon. So it's not like you know, it's not like you're waiting for a, you know a Giddy and Alex to get back together. You know, <laughs> right, so right, right. So, yeah, so we, it's something to look forward to next year. But uh, anyway, but we do have a few more pieces to discuss uh, that we'll... Uh, Robert Plant. Doing another little segment here. Robert Plant. Robert Plant. Let's, let's throw him out there. Okay, well, the we gold, discussed... The golden god, <laughs> the, the only guy from Led Zeppelin I've seen. I saw him up for The Who at Hershey, Pennsylvania, in like uh, 2004. It was right after the ox died. And uh, you know what? Even in second row, Robert Plant's not that impressive. So I'm sorry. Uh, I, you you know, haven't seen any of his Americana stuff or anything? Look, I don't give a shit about his stuff with with Allison Krauss or whatever. Like, you know, who gives a fuck? Now, I'd love to see that, man. That we Heather and I would love that. We love Allison Krauss. But uh, go down to the river to pray. But, Dude, um, he sounded like hell in '76. I, you know, I can't, I can't imagine him. Yeah, did the only reason why he doesn't want to get Led Zeppelin back together is he doesn't want to embarrass himself. Well, exactly, uh, and that that's why I respect him. He knows his limitations, so he's doing a kind of music that he actually likes. Um, now we did see him open range. <laughs> we did. Uh, we did. Uh -huh. see him open. Uh -huh. We saw him open for the Who. Uh -huh. Todd's right. rolling. <laughs> anyway, we did see. We also saw uh, Robert open for the Who, and then I we talked about back in our L episode uh, because I counted it as my Zeppelin uh, set, uh, seeing uh, Plant and Page, uh, Gundarina. So. All right. Now, see that 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 sounds like more of a fun show than what I saw, but. Uh... So, Todd, right, so I, think, I think that brings us around to uh, what might be our wrap-up. Uh, oh, wait a minute. I, I you still know, got a couple. Let me, let me, get, yeah. get, give me like a give – me, give me a, 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 Actually, you know, wait a minute. I was going to say there's two shows that you saw that I definitely didn't. One was the Prairie Home Companion. Um, Prairie Home Companion. God bless him. Dude, I used to love that radio show. I mean, Garrison – see, is Garrison Killer still alive? I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, I think he is. Uh, he probably he got uh, he got swept up with a mean owl thing and uh, who the fuck knows, but uh, oh that's true he did <laughs> yeah, he did. yeah. Dude, dude dude I'm sorry anyone who's been in entertainment since the 1970s has probably gotten a fucking me too moment in there okay yes but, you are absolutely correct let's 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 not mince words here all right so yeah. So another, God bless it. I, you know, and, and mom and dad used to, you know, they, they would support me in anything I'd do. I'd have to drive an hour to Harrisburg from their house to, to the work every day. I, I would listen to Prairie Home Companion on Sundays, and I finally got to see it live at Wolf Trap. It was fantastic. 
I wore my fuck Michigan shirt <laughs> and uh and I covered up the U with a 1972 Muskie pin. I thought all the Democrats, all the old liberals could really appreciate that. And some some father with his little kid said, why are you wearing a shirt like that? I'm like, dude, your kid probably can't even read anyhow. Uh, you know, I, so I, you know, it's just, it, it's pitiful, pitiful. So that's my Prairie Home Companion story. Uh, what what happens at a Prairie Home Companion show? Does he just tell the stories? Or? Well, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a live performance. It's like a play. Okay. I mean, uh, you know, you've got you've got the musical aspect. You've got the uh, the spoken word with with Garrison coming out and telling his little you know stories and and uh, and whatnot. And I kind and of imagine stuff. it being like the Neil Young Greendale concert, but much more entertaining. <laughs> right. Much more entertaining. Um, yeah, so okay. uh, here's one, Todd. I'm super jealous of you for seeing. We talked about this off the air, but you saw Richard Pryor. I saw Richard Pryor. <laughs> I saw I saw the one and all. I saw Richard Pryor, motherfuckers. Uh, I've seen I've seen Sam Kinison, I've seen George Carlin, and I've seen Richard Pryor. I saw now, Carlin, but I, I I didn't get the other two. So now they had to wheel his ass up on the stage at the comedy store <laughs> to do it. But I saw Richard Pryor, uh, you know, uh, and and I tell you, this was obviously after the MS and all that. But uh, you know, still when he could speak, and uh, and it was it was a slow speech. It was a it was a quiet speech, but you could hear. You could hear Richard Pryor up here. Right. It just wasn't coming out the same way. Gotcha. His brain was still making the connections. The entire the entire room of the comedy store was filled with other comedians who just wanted to be there to hear him speak. Of course. And it was amazing. I, I wish I, I wish I had a ticket stub. I don't I don't have a ticket stub for it. But uh, John Prine, John mm. Prine is another one that uh, we're going to miss. Rest in peace, John Prine. I missed my chance to see him last year. And, well, I missed my chance to see him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, got, I got one more public enemy. Ha <laughs> ha, yes. I actually, hold on. Uh, I have the stuff for that. Right here. You know what? Fuck NWA. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. Public Enemy is the shit. Absolutely. Enemy, besides Run DMC, Public Enemy is probably one of the best damn rap bands there ever was. And, uh, you know, they, they didn't have to talk about pussy. They didn't have to talk about guns or them using guns. No, they uh, could talk about politics and keep it interesting. They talked about power. They talked about equality. They talked about freedom. They talked about oppression. They talked about standing up to the fucking man that's you know, power. Now we, we, we need more of public enemy these days uh you know let less less drake less uh you know less Kanye west yes and, less cardi b <laughs> less megan the the damager or whatever she is what do you remember about the Public Enemy show at the Newport? I remember being the only white person in the Newport. I remember that. And, uh, and you yeah. have a very faulty memory then because I was concerned about being one of the only white people at the Newport and there weren't any freaking black people there. It was all fucking white people. Public Enemy, as it turns out, 
were not very popular amongst uh, amongst the the blacks, <laughs> the black crowds. I don't know. Hey, we like them, but we're mixed. I really? <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. That there was not a lot of black people at that show, which shocked me. But what happened was the Newport was prepared for what they thought was going to be a heavily black attended show, and I I think Todd, that was probably I'll get a little political. The hair, this that was probably the first example of institutional racism that I've seen in my life because it was the very first concert I ever had to walk through a metal detector for. They never had metal detectors at Slayer. They never had metal detectors at fucking well, suicidal you, you tendencies. You get through a metal detector for a Slayer show. You're walking through with chains and shit all over you. I mean, how the fuck? Uh... Many years later, they did, you know, start doing the metal detector for the metal shows. But it, it was the first, you know, that was the first show I remember, you know, having to go through a metal detector. I was like, well, it's... What are they scared Look, of? This, this is my faulty memory of, of, you know, again, the show was what, 92, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I went with 92. Right after Christmas, December 27th, 1992. And I think Danzig played the Newport that same week. Quite possibly. Now, we talked Look about this last week when we were teasing this show. Remember who the opening act was supposed to be? Rage Against Machine, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Now, 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 now that would have made sense of having more white people there. That would have made more sense. But, uh, but anyhow. But hey, this it's actually it's actually appropriate that Heather's on with us right now because the band that got the call, the local band that got the call uh, to fill in when Rage Against the Machine pulled off of that tour was a good friend of ours that grew up with Heather. Uh, a guy named Kent Grossweiler. Uh, he played drums for a local rap band called Poets of Heresy. And they actually got the, you know, so pretty cool for them. <laughs> you know, he can say, uh, you know, he can say he played on stage with Public Enemies. Well, there you go, then. But, Todd, that really, uh, we only have one band to talk about, and we have time to talk about them. So, uh, since Heather's with us, she's going to stay with us. Uh. If you remember in episode K, folks, uh, Todd told a story about Kix coming to his high school. And, and well, Kix had an opening band called the Spectres. And, yep, and the, the Spectres didn't really make it in rock and roll. Uh, you know, nobody really heard of them after those Pennsylvania days. But <laughs> what happened was that, you know, those little Pennsylvania boys around 1984 Decided to move out to Los Angeles and try their hopes out there on the mean streets of the Sunset Strip. And, you know, after, you know, plastering up a couple thousand flyers and playing shitty gigs at Gazzari's and, uh, you know, and uh, the Cat House and other places that don't exist anymore in Los Angeles anymore, uh, they, they finally got a record deal. And lo and behold, you know, I'm watching this little documentary last night about this little music television network thing that started up about 1980, 1981, called MTV. Just so happens, man, they had this video, and the video got on MTV, and boom, they were fucking huge. I remember thinking they were the prettiest girl band out there when I first saw that. I wanted to fuck Ricky Rocket. Are you kidding me? Did you see that guy's hair? Uh, come on now. Uh, and Todd, Todd, real quick before you continue your Poison story, recently I found a, a playlist from your college radio show, which was called Look What the Cat Look Dragged what the In. the Cat Dragged In. 
<laughs> that was right before I changed the name of the show to Get Baked, I believe. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but anyhow, so, so, yeah, so I, I, I had met Brett Michaels. I had met Ricky Rocket or Rick Ream as he is, was birthly named and, uh, you know, and met them before at my high school. When they came back to Columbus, and I had this little backstage pass from QFM 96. I'm like, oh, I, I got to take the ticket back with me. So I took the ticket and, uh, you know, I waited for the bus to arrive. Now, you've been to Buckeye Lake. Buckeye Lake is a shithole. It's one, it's one giant dust storm, dust bin of a little fucking area, you know, with a stage at one end and really, really bad chain link fence. <laughs> backing it up that 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 security is the chain link fence right there so so i'm backstage standing on one side of the chain link fence there's 30,000 30, geeked up fucking 20 year olds on the other side yeah yeah good security and uh so i'm hanging out with tesla and uh and the guys from warrant and sure enough here comes brett michaels and the poison bus and i i waited for the crowd of girls to get away from Brett and I brought up my little ticket stub and I said dude uh, you don't know me uh, but I'm from your area of Pennsylvania do you remember this show he said dude I totally remember that show I like moon the crowd I'm like yes you did my dad was the assistant superintendent my mom didn't appreciate it that much so yeah so so, so he was nice enough to sign it again and uh, you know, and and it was a great moment. And the fact that I, you know, I had got to meet him before they were famous. I got to meet them at their heyday. And we're on the P's now. When we get to the R's, I'll tell you a little story about Rat. And the opening band for that show was Kicks. And we'll tell how this whole story wraps up. So, uh, so yeah, so, so, so P equals R equals X. It, it all, it all, it all works out in the ticket stubs alphabet, boys and girls. Right on. It's funny you mentioned kicks, uh, being with rat because when we get to rat for my story, I have a poison story with rats. So. They, they, they all played the dude. It was rat, Tesla, fucking po poison and, and warrant, like all of them touring constantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but gotta, uh, gotta, I gotta I, give it to him. You can make fun of poison. I mean, everybody. I know when we saw Heather and I saw Brett Michaels uh, just a few summers ago at the Obed Zucchini Fest, which I've mentioned many times on this show. Great shows come to the Obed Zucchini Fest, man. Funny name, great shows. But uh, Brett came with uh, Lita. I'm sorry, uh, Lita blew him off the stage. Brett did like the the same nine popular Poison songs, you know. And he had a, you know, a, a drum solo and a guitar solo. And he, and he kept talking about how we're going to be back next year and blah, blah, blah. And you knew he wasn't fucking coming back next year. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give him this. He was really great to be here at the, uh, <clears throat> the cauliflower uh, contest. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll give it to him. He it was a prof you know, it was a pro show. You know, Brett's got his show down, but it's like 
come on, Brett, nine songs, Lita played 18. You know, it's like your opening act, when your opening act plays twice as much music as you do, the might least be throw a kiss cover in there, something. Jesus, uh, play <laughs> I think rock he did. all night. Come God, on. That's the problem. He played nine songs, and I think only seven of them are poison songs. One of them was Mommy Don't Dance, you know, and which is a cover and rock and roll all night was the other. That's Loggins and Messina. <laughs> So anyway, but you do hear oh, just play the Captain Antonio while you're at it. <laughs> but you do hear Poison every week opening this show, uh, except last week. I put something special on for the. Uh, you know what? We're State- really trying to see if we can get a hold of Brett's management. Let's right. let's 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 see if we can get Brett Michaels on the show. <laughs> that would be wonderful. We'll Why see. Not? <laughs> I. I'd do it. Dude, it's not like MTV's banging on his door these days. Wait a minute. I can tell you exactly. I can tell you exactly how it go. You guys, man. Who the fuck is Todd Baker? I just want to see how awesome it is that you guys go to concerts, man. You're living it up like the fans, man. And it's just so awesome. He always says awesome and amazing. And it's awesome. And then it's just awesome. There you go. Fred Michaels is awesome. We can get him on the show. All right, Todd, so um, we made it through the peas. What do we got next week? I, look, I, I'm telling you, uh, I'm very impressed the fact that we made it this far. I'm, I'm impressed you got Heather on the show. I'm impressed I got my, my, my parents and my sister on the show. Got my uh, sister on the show. We are making pee progress. Progress. <laughs> on the show. We so, sure are. Now, we don't have a whole lot next week. Uh, Heather and I saw Queen I with got Adam enough. Lambert. That was great. Uh, there you go. She, she could tell I, you. I can say I saw Quiet Riot without Randy Rhodes. Okay. I saw Quiet Riot about seven months before Kevin. I saw Queen, Queen's Reich, although that was the same night that I got kicked out of the Metallica show. It's a drunken uh, fuck fest. <laughs> One of Heather and I's early sh- uh, shows that we saw together was Queen's Reich at the Newport. Um, I got uh, Queens of the Stone Age, and uh, that's about it. So we'll see what happens next week. <laughs> in the meantime uh right now with the x's and just make it one show <laughs> now we'll, we'll do something but uh in the meantime go to itunes google play check out all our audio todd are we gonna do some uh, what the hell was that episode soon uh dude i i want to get i want to get through q this week we'll see what i do i'm st- i'm still stuck on the m's on the goddamn book right now dude <laughs> i'm stuck behind on the book so i gotta get caught up on the actual stories uh, folks, I really this is fun. I like it doing this. It's a great time. But God damn it, there, the, there's money in the book. <laughs> I want to get the book finished. When I'm done with this shit, you can buy the book. So buy the book. Your old uh, before we sign off, uh, your old friend uh, Penny Lane uh, from our DBT fandom. She she's still pushing hard uh, for you to uh, you know do a reality show based on living at the villages. So so I, I i turned her on to episode four of uh what the hell is that so she could see the tour she was pretty excited about it she was like yes this is awesome i've <laughs> so got we'll, look i i'm working on the idea the, the 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 you know the idea is there trust me it's just but you know guys i you know i'm, I'm 51 years old it's taken me 23 years to write this goddamn a to z book so come you know. on do you do you remember the day that you and i were hanging out on the porch and heather was reading the uh first uh your first uh, draft screenplay for episode and one laughing out loud. she was laughing her ass off <laughs> it, it was great i was so I, excited I knew that was good if i can get a laugh out of heather i know i got exactly. something 
and Heather knows her TV. So, so anyway, so maybe in the future, folks, you'll get to see uh, early retirement with Todd Baker at the Villages. But, You're uh, already witnessing it right now. Just a different <laughs> variation, that's all. All right, Todd, well, until next week, I'm Kevin. This is Heather, the love of my life. That's Todd over there, or over there, because this is always mirrored, so he's over there. And this is... Take a stove, motherfuckers. We'll be back next week. Can you dig it? Can you dig it?